just like Nathan predicted, this this fired up David. David was irate, right? So he he said, "Listen, this man's got to die. No no way around it. Listen, he's got to die." But then Nathan said to David, "You are the man." So he he said, "Listen, this man's got to die. No no way around it. Listen, he's got to die." Nathan said to David, "You are the man. No way around it. Listen, he's got to die. You are the man. Listen, he's got to die. You are the man." Well, good evening, good evening, guys. Uh, welcome to Fourth and Gold Ministries. Uh, we are live on tonight. And tonight, uh, we have the honor of hearing our leaders speak on a wonderful, wonderful subject that's actually the second version. It's the revamped version, and we actually love this version, man. Uh, but he's going to be speaking on being a Nathan. And uh, uh, Brent, this is just a phenomenal story, man. I don't want to get too far into it because uh, the story itself is phenomenal. I remember hearing it the very first time, and it, it, it just gives you chills when you get in the boot of what you really done and what this meant, and then how God ended up later placing you in a group where this is the foundation of the group. It's such a beautiful story, man. Uh, but before we get started, guys, Brent, let me just ask you a couple questions, man. Uh, so okay. what what inspired you to bring Nathan as the very first devotional and this revised ver version, uh, what inspired that as well? Well, uh, man, good question, man. You know, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible and it's one that I feel like I can relate to and unfortunately I can relate to the first part of the devotional before I could relate to the second part you know and wow. you know, the, the title of this one is you are the man and so many times it has a, a different connotation and and you'll see how it's pulled in the devotional today but I think it's just a good backbone to to being um, you know a brother to, to someone wow. else you know not mm -hmm. necessarily just in the Christian walk, but sometimes, you know, we, we got to reach out to someone who isn't saying whatever the case is, man. So this devotional to me is a good foundation for um, not just men, but just being a godly character. man. Right. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Um, I think with I have no doubt, man, I think people will, will find that to be very true after they hear the story. Let me just ask, man. So um, <clears throat> what what do you hope that the listeners today gain from hearing this story? What is the thing that you would want them to, to really stick with them when they leave after hearing this story? So, you know, without giving the story away and, you know, it's, it's about, it's about David. You know, I think the part that we focus on is, you know, is the middle portion, but I, I want us all to realize that we are in this fleshly body, right? And and we are we are David. Listen, we fall short, we mess up, and hopefully right. we're in a position that we have somebody there to do right. what Nathan did, right? So exactly. I, I want us to put ourselves in every situation here. I want us to be David. I want us to to honor, recognize when we mess up, and pray that God has somebody for us because in the end. David still was was used by God. So this is not a kick David while he's down moment. This is a right. listen. Even God, even the strongest man, most, one of the most powerful men in the Bible, still fell short. So if we are who we are, we can't expect to be walking this thing perfectly, man. So what I want us to take from this is wherever you are, you walk. You can be at the top of the ladder, or you can be at the bottom. This touches every every rung on that ladder. So. That's, I just I hope we're able to get something from this man. I'm encouraged by it every time I get a chance to hear it. 
That's awesome. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Well, listen, man, I, I'm super excited. Uh, like I said, man, I, I can't wait for the listeners to, to, to really understand the story and understand how much it means and then to hear it from you. Uh, there's so many jewels they're going to get. There's so much they'll learn in the story, but they'll really, really, really see this as a foundation. Accountability is everything. So, guys, I'm excited. I hope you guys really enjoy this. Right. Um, so listen, man, as we said before, man, really excited about this one. Um, this is this is one of the ones that you know, I, I really have grown to be fond of, man. It, it means a lot to me, man. So we, we're going to jump right into it, um, jump right into the message. Before we do, man, of course, let's open up with a word of prayer real quick. Um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, ask that you will Go ahead of us, Lord, as we dive into your word, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the manuscript that you have left, left us, Lord, to follow. We ask that what is said today, Lord, is comes from you, and we all may yes, gravitate Lord. toward that, Lord, and pull something from it, Lord, so we yes, may Lord. use that and use it for your glory, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do in this Lord. message tonight. Please invest in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Jesus, man. Amen, amen. So listen, man, let's, let's jump right in. Um, the, the title for today is you are the man. Um, so we're going to be coming from 2 Samuel, and we're going to start with chapter 11, okay? Um, so listen, we're going, to, we're going to talk about a very powerful uh, man in the Bible, um, definitely one of the most powerful men of his time, and a, a man that was mightily used by God, um, King David. All right, we're going to talk about King David. Listen, we know the story of Bathsheba, um, and that's the one we're going to talk about today. But, you know, going back to, to when David, you know, he was a shepherd boy, right? David, he was chosen to be part of Saul's army. David killed Goliath, right? He had that victory. Um, he led Saul's army. Um, he was the youngest of all his, um, his brothers, and he was chosen to be king. Um, and so he went from shepherd to being king, right? And, and had so many victories in between uh, when he fought. But today we're going to look at a strong man in a weak moment, right? Uh, we all have that that situation to where, you know, we're, we're, our faith is strong, our, our, our walk is strong, but we have a weak moment, right? And, right. and we're not defined by our weak moments. Um, and, and But we're going to look at a situation here to where, even somebody who was used mightily by God had a weak moment, right? Um, and we're going to talk about how how he overcame that and, and kind of what he went through while he was doing that. So um, we're, we're going to dive right in. So 2 Samuel chapter 11. Um, and what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to read the majority of the first chapter and, and then we'll kind of circle back and kind of dive back into it. Uh, but I want you to hear the story first, right? Um, I want you to, to hear the word. Um, so, so, so you can understand the story. So beginning with um, chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, 
and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messenger and took her and she came to him and he lay with her and she was cleansed from her impurities and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived. So she sent word to David and told him and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how, how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, go down. And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, did you not come from a long journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel and Judea are dwelling in tents. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today also and tomorrow, and I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now, when David called him, he ate and he drank with him and made him drunk. And at evening, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of the Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by hand to, uh, with hand of Uriah and wrote on the letter saying, set Uriah on the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down to die. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead to um, verse 25 and kind of end this chapter here. Um, so he, David sent, sent the, the message to Joab. Joab was his servant. Uh, what was the leader of the army. So he sent a message to Joab, said, Joab, listen, put Uriah on the front line and have him killed, right? So it happened, right? He, Joab put him on the front line and he got killed. So verse 25, then so a messenger came back to tell David the news. And so the messengers told David the news. So then, then David said, uh, then David said to the messenger, oh, this is verse 25, thus you shall say to Joab, do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encourage him. When the, uh, verse 26, when the wife of Uriah heard, the, heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Mm. So um, let's dive back into that. Let's, let's look a little bit at that, um, at what all is going on here. So um, first of all, we have in verse one, right? Um, the, the first mistake is, so we read here that uh, it says in the spring, it happened in the time where kings go to battle, right? So normally when, when they were fighting those, those times, the kings would go with them, right? Uh, the kings would be off in battle and kings would be there with the soldiers. They would be in this camp, right? They would be, uh, they would be there on site with them. Uh, and if you, you see here, David didn't go, right? David stayed behind. So knowing the kings go, David didn't. So first thing is wrong place, wrong time. Wasn't he supposed to be there? He was supposed to be out with his men, yet he was in, in the castle 
and stayed back, right? Idle mind is a devil's workshop, right? So now he's he's there and, and says the next one, listen, he got up, walked around on the roof, you know, wandering around, looking over the city. Um, and and then he, he sees, you know, Bathsheba bathing. And one of the things that even I have said this before, like Bathsheba, she wasn't bathing on the roof. David was on the roof and he saw her in her house bathing, right? I've always heard listen, he saw her bathing on the roof. She wasn't doing all that. Um, all right, right. So, yeah, so, um, but here's the, here's the first warning. Here, here's the first attempt that they did with trying to stop David from doing this. So David asked somebody, listen, who, who's, this, who's this person? Right? Who's, who's that right there? And so the servant said, listen, man, uh, is that not Bathsheba, Elam, Elam daughter? And is it Uriah's wife? Like he, so, so there, because Elam and Uriah were both his soldiers. So he knew both of them. And so when they say, listen, is that not Uriah, uh, his wife and Elam's daughter? So they're trying to warn him, like, listen, man, you, you know both of them. Why? Yeah, you know who that is, man. That's Bathsheba. David, it, it didn't matter, right? And, and, and look in verse four, how quick it all happened, right? David sent for her. She came. They lay together. She left. So all the buildup, all that happened. And then verse five, right? She sent word that she was pregnant. And so the, the, the thing about that is when it, when it comes to, to, to sin and when it comes to, to those type situations, we, we can control the input, right? We can control what we do. We can control how we act leading up to sin. And we can control it right up until we commit the sin. Once we commit it, we can control the input, but we cannot control the outcome. He, he could have controlled himself prior to, but what you can't control is after you jump into the sin. After you commit that sin, you can't control what happens after. And here is David trying to control the outcome. We, we can't control the outcome. Um, so now, now he, he, he's got her pregnant. So he's trying to devise a plan. And his plan is to have her husband come back from the war, right? So he said he sent for Uriah. Uriah came back. So he tried to chop it up with Uriah. Like, hey, man, how's the war going? Everything going all right? Cool, man. Listen, go wash your feet. Take a load off. You've been doing a great job. Go home. Spend some time with your wife. And then tomorrow we'll go back at it. Uriah was, listen, because during that time, you, you didn't do that, right? So Uriah was a true soldier. He wasn't going to do that, right? Everybody was out the battle fighting and doing what they're supposed to do. And then Uriah felt like, listen, this, this, I can't do that to my men. Like, I can't do that to our fellow soldiers. So when David sent him, he just went down and slept with the servant. Didn't even go to his house. And so David thought he he had it nipped in the bud. Like, All right, well, cool. He's going to sleep with his wife. We can, we can act like it's his kid, right? Didn't happen. He didn't go home. Second attempt. He's like, man, why don't you go home? Hey, listen, I can't do that to you. I can't do that to my people. And so the second time was, listen, David tried to get him drunk, right? He said, I gave him all his food. I didn't try, I got him drunk. Now to listen, go home. He figured, listen, I got him drunk. Maybe he'll forget his morals and go sleep with his wife. Didn't do it. Still stayed home. So now David, because what happens with sin, right? When we try to cover up sin, we got to cover up sin with more sin. Well, when we lie, we got to cover up a lot with more lies. And, and that's the thing that David's trying to do here, right? He's trying to figure out a way to get out and control this outcome that we talked about. And, and he's over for 2. So now he's like, all right, well, cool. I got something for him. So now he said, all right, well, cool. Listen, I'll tell you what. Go back to the war. Give my um, leader of my army this letter. And the letter was like, hey, listen, put your eye on the front line in the worst place you can think about. Put him there and leave him. Don't no, nobody support him. Put him there and leave him. And they did that, right? And he held his own and said, it, you know, said he fought and, and he killed some, but they ended up killing him. 
Uh, and so word came back to David. And then we look at verse 25. David tried to play it all cool. He's like, oh, man, um, you know, don't let this get you guys discouraged. It's all right. You know, you win some, you lose some. But listen, man, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Just encourage everybody, right? And then we have at the end of that chapter, um, you know, Uriah, his wife, Bathsheba, finds out he died. And so David brought her in because, you know, custom in that, that day, if, if, if someone's wife were to die, you bring them into the family, you support them, and you cover them, right? So David, it looks like on the outside, David's doing a good thing, right? He's bringing her in, and, and he, he makes him uh, her, his wife. So it's like, listen, Uriah was one of my soldiers. I'm going to look out for him. I'm going to take care of his wife. So on the outside looking in, no one knows what's going on, right? So everybody thinks, man, David's stand-up guy. We don't know what he did. But at the very last sentence there, we have, but the whole thing that David did displeased the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. So so now you, you think about David in a situation where he felt like I sinned, I messed up. I couldn't, I couldn't fix it right away, but it, it worked out in the end. I'm cool. They, Uriah's gone. No one knows what happened. We're good. But she was here. We're fine. She's pregnant. You know, I'm, I'm married to her now, so it's cool. Enter Nathan, right? So verse, or excuse me, chapter 12. So now enter Nathan into the story, into the situation. So, um, and, and, and we were kind of, pull this as we read it um but begin with verse 12 the first four verses here we'll read so nathan was a prophet right so nathan was a prophet sent by god um to confront david okay um so begin with chapter 12 verse 1 then the lord sent nathan to david and he came to him and he said to him excuse me there were two men in one city one was rich and the other poor The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and which he had bought and he nourished and it grew up together with him and with his children. And it ate his own food. It drank from his own cup and it lay it would lay his head on his chest. And it was just like a daughter to him. And that and a traveler came to the rich man. Who was who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him, but he took the poor lamb and prepared it from the poor man. Took it from the poor man and prepared it for the traveler. So stopping there. So so we got to remember, right? So here we have Nathan giving David a parable, right? And if we remember, parable was a earthly story with a heavenly meaning here we have a earthly story with a alternate meaning um and we remember that david is a shepherd by trade right this guy grew up shepherds is they're not well off right so he, he grew up likely not having everything right so he grew up in a situation to where he could appreciate this poor man having one lamb because he was a shepherd and he knew what it's like to, to care for an animal right and so when david hears his story being the king that he is, right? He he, we're gonna see his reaction. But Nathan knows that this is going to stir something up in David, right? David is gonna to relate to the poor man and to the person who had his only lamb taken from him, right? So here we look at verse verse five. So 
David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die and shall restore fourfold the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no fear. So just like Nathan predicted, right? This this fired up David. David was irate, right? So he, he said, listen, this man's got to die. No, no way around it. Listen, he's got to die. And before he dies, he's got to pay fourfold, which was the law, right? So if you took if you took a livestock or took a man from somebody, you had to um you had to pay a fourfold. So we have David who knows the law and he invokes the 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 wrath of the king, which is death, and then he invokes the law, which is paying it fourfold. Um, so then we have Nathan's response, man, which I love, man, which is my favorite part of the story. Then David said to, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the person I'm talking about. You're that guy who took from the poor man and you're the one, you're the man who, who did this. And he goes on to say, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king of Israel, one. And I, I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Two, I gave you the master's house. Three, and the master's wives. Four, and, and I gave you the house of Israel. Five, and Judea. Six, and if that was not enough, I would have gave you even more. I also would have given you much, much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the Ammon people. Now, therefore, the, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and you have taken from your right, your right, the Hittite. And so he goes on to, you know, to, to give his, um, you know, what, what the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, what God was going to do to him, right? Um, but we, we'll go to verse 13, and this is, this is good on David, right? So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin and you shall not die. However, because of this deed, um, you know, your son, oh, he says, you know, your son is going to die. Right. So the son that they, him and Bathsheba had together was going to die. Um, so he, here, we, here we have a prophet. Right. And, and you know, the, the whole point that I want us to, to get from this devotional today is um, is to focus on. Nathan, right? I want us to focus on the influence of Nathan here in this story because we have the most powerful man in the land, right? I want you to think about who this guy, like this is the king, right? At a snap of his fingers, he can have anybody killed. So you have God telling Nathan, listen, Nathan, I need you to go to David and tell David was, you know, confront David. So you got to think, I mean, listen, was he nervous? What was he scared? What was he feeling going and, and speaking to the most powerful man in the land at the time, right? And and I, w- I want you to think about how he pr- approached him, right? So he didn't come to him and say, murderer, murderer. He didn't come at him like that, right? He didn't come at him and say, hey, listen, I just want to tell you God loves you. Um, you know, you're one of his chosen sons, and he has a lot of powerful things for you in your life. And by the way, you, you did have a little sin that we need to talk about. You know, he didn't come at him like that. He came at him how he knew that David would respond. And he came at him with a parable and came at him with a story about, you know, a shepherd, essentially, right? Uh, a poor man and his sheep, because he knew David could relate to that. And and then he told him what God said to him, right? He told him that 
Well, God said, listen, I gave you all this stuff. Um, so I, I gave you all this stuff. I, I gave you all these things. Yet you still took what, what wasn't yours. And, um, you know, and the powerful thing about Nathan is he was strong enough to stand up to the most powerful man in the land and do what, what God had told him to do. And right. so my, my challenge for us is, is where can we be Nathans, right? And how can we be Nathans to each other? You know, and, and, and the story is not about David tonight. You know, we're not talking about David. David messed up, powerful man. He sinned. He fell short. He was called out and he repented. Right. And 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 he ultimately was um, you know redeemed by God in the situation. But I want us to think about how can we be the Nathan in this story? Right. Where can we be Nathan, whether it's to one another? Right. Or is it to somebody else? You know, is, is it a powerful man that or a powerful woman that, that we're, we're under the influence of or, or someone else? We have to, to know when God gives us an ultimate or, or gives us an opportunity to, to talk to somebody that we have to have the boldness that Nathan has here, right? That's and right. That's we right. have to be each other's Nathans, right? Whenever I fall short, I expect you to come to me like, hey, listen, Brent, listen, yeah, that's not it. You ain't, you ain't getting it done. We got to figure out another way to do this because this is not it, right? And instead of coming to me, hey, man, listen, man, um, I get it, man. She was bad. I, I probably would do the same thing you did. No, that ain't going to cut it, right? We, we can't do that, right? Because Nathan did that, right? So we got to say, we got to come at you with the word and say, listen, man, this is what the Bible says. We, we, just, we just can't do it. And the, and the other side of that is in order to be a Nathan, we have to receive the same thing, right? So we can't, we can't hold somebody else accountable, right? We can't do that when, when you know, the Bible says in, in, in Matthew 7, um, when it talks about judgment, like, like how are you going to point out a speck in my eye? You got a plank in yours. Um, so we, we can't call somebody else out and, and then not expect someone to 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 um, to do the same thing for us. Right. If we want to hold somebody else accountable, we got to allow somebody to hold us accountable. And and that's what we were talking about before is being submissive to each other. Right. Being submissive to authority, being submissive to advice, being submissive to you know godly wisdom. And that's the thing that we have to be. We can't be so prideful that we're not allowing someone to. To correct us in our situation. So I, our challenge to each other is where can we and how can we be Nathan's to each other? And I think that's, right. that's got to be our first and foremost um, thing that we focus on is, is where can I stay in the gap for you? You know, we, we heard in the Bible, um, uh, I'm my brother's keeper, but I want to think of this. I'm my brother's Nathan. I want to be my brother's Nathan. You know, I, I want to be there for my brother, man. And and I told about earlier how much this 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 message means to me. And, and when I first read it and, um, you know, done a devotion on it before, um, you know, it impacted my life. And, and I, and I'll share this with you guys, but, you know, I end up naming my son, Nathan, because of this story, you know, and I claim that over his life that he's going to have that same boldness awesome. to stand up before men and, and to call somebody out when they're not doing what God says. Um, and so I'm claiming it over his life and that, and that, to me is is um, something I can't wait for him to live up to, man. So I can't wait to share that with him one day. Um, but but that's my challenge for us is is we have to stand up for each other. We, we have to stand in the gap and be that Nathan and to call out King David, the most powerful man in the land. We have to call him out. And if God gives us a word for somebody, then we got it, man. So, um, but that's what I wanted to share, man. I wanted to share with us about um, you know, about who Nathan was and, and kind of what I, I feel like our our mission is for each other, man. Man, 
another great message from one of our team members here at Fourth and Gold Ministries. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast, and we pray that you were able to receive some things that may strengthen your walk with Christ. If at any time you have any questions on how to be a part of our ministry or to join our weekly devotionals, please feel free to reach out to us with any questions, concerns, and more importantly, with any prayer requests. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, or you can email us at 4th and Gold Ministries, all one word, at gmail.com. Now, with hearts and minds cleared, may the peace of God be with you. May His grace go ahead of you. May the love of God be in you. And may the favor of God be all over you. Until we meet again, remember, we love you.